The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. It is another edition of No Bets Barred, this time UFC 288. That's what we got, like a a storm of pay-per-views through March and early April. We've now had a month off, uh, recoup, re-energize, but we are back. It is a UFC pay-per-view week. This time, we're heading to the Garden State. Newark, New Jersey, the sixth borough, as they call it. Doesn't get any better than Newark. Jed, how are we feeling, my man? You know, uh, I didn't even think to ask. You're not going to this, are you? I am not. I will be uh, doing the watch party at old Vox Media Studios on Saturday night. Wow, man. You you didn't no love? No love for Cejudo and Aljo in the main event? You didn't want to make the trip? Uh, complicated uh, topic. Not really like... uh, (laughs) Not, not really just like, yeah, man, you want to go or uh, what? You know, kind of have a little bit of an obligation uh, now with the uh, DraftKings oh. sponsorship on the, on the watch oh, party. Oh, we can make the watch party work without you. I'll fly up to New York. <laughs> Me and Mike can just do it. It'll be fine. All right, all right, for I don't sure. want you to miss opportunities I'll, out uh, there, you know? I'll leave the uh, I'll leave the graphics up to uh, whoever the oh opening, yeah it'll uh, look real ramshackle it'll be great uh, that's all on y'all uh, yeah <laughs> I've I've had I actually as we were starting this podcast got a text from another person asking me if I was going I've I've gotten numerous numerous messages uh, asking me if I was going no the only reason I'll be going to the Prudential Center anytime soon is to watch my Devils continue to ride through the playoffs making the Garden State uh, very proud. So I will not be in attendance on Saturday. I will be doing the watch party instead. My my first UFC pay-per-view is coming, though. It will uh, it will happen sooner or later. I mean, we should get the watch party at the pay-per-views, too. Just, you know, let, let's let's start making some deals. Let's look, let's put me in easy. touch with whoever I need to, and I'll start oh. I'll start making the contacts happen. It is uh it's just that easy the way uh the great Vox Media operates. I mean, your your wish is their command. It is uh it's as simple as an ask to let's do the watch party at uh the Prudential Center. Snap your fingers and and there it is. I guess I guess we just missed out on an opportunity to do that here. It's okay. They'll they'll come back. Uh I mean they'll certainly be in New York in November because they're always in New York in November. So yes. 
you know, missed opportunity this time, but uh, we'll we'll get it going next time. Yeah, I'm also not going to lie. Uh, UFC pay-per-views are not the cheapest thing in the world to oh, attend. Oh, God, no. Uh, they, they are, are not. I mean, just to get in the building this weekend, like if you want to sit in nosebleeds with like, you're essentially watching the Jumbotron, it's going to cost you about $300. Uh, so not, not the most, uh, you know, frugal thing on earth to do. Uh, especially now that we're now that we're losing Bryce Mitchell, Mosar Evloev. I saw that like five minutes before we we hit record. I saw that, and I was very upset that I watched tape for it. Pretty bummed on that. Had a fair size bet on uh, Mister Evloev. Wanted to get the over one and a half mixed up into a parlay. Uh, you and I were just simpatico on that fight. Then I I it was actually my biggest bet on the card was Mosar Evloev. I was Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, was I, had Vloyev, I had a Vloyev. I had a by decision, and I was looking at that over uh, one and a half number. That over four. one and a half was was uh, something without special. without the over. I I am now I have an open parlay leg that I need to close. So hopefully you can pitch me another one because I, I need a, I, I got need a couple a third that I like for a for a parlay. So I got a couple that I like. Um, Last week, I had a losing week. The Quinlan Waters fight essentially was the was the swinger in whether or not it was a winning or losing week. I was dead wrong in that fight. Thought it was going to not go the distance, and I thought Josh Quinlan was going to win. I was wrong on both accounts. Yeah, uh, tough for the double miss, but you know, we, I I just love that you said it. You've been saying you got to stop being exposed, and yet we never learn yep. lessons. Yes, we just never learn lessons because my overexposure is literally what caused me to have a losing week. <laughs> if I wasn't so exposed on that fight, I would have won. Just brutal. Uh, I won nine cents last. Let's go. Week. Let's go. So, big week, but I feel I feel that I won more than I lost in general because look. Flyweight unders, tough, tough out last week. We knew it could be tough, but both heavyweight overs hit and the chat GPT bet hit. And let me tell you, it was very, you know, it got two thirds of the way there. Padilla did get a knockout just in the first round instead of the second round. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Feeling good. Beautiful call by chat GPT. Uh, the vice that is Julian Arosa continues to haunt me. I mean, the line got to like minus one twenty-five. I was like, God, like I just, I think I just have to play this. Played it, lost money. I mean, just a, a and it was over very quickly. Um, shout out to Padilla, great win by him. UFC debutants it looked good. UFC debutants had a nice week last week. They, uh, they Marcus did. McGee, Trey Waters, Padilla, uh, Alex Siva, Russian Ronda, Russian, Russian Ronda with the knee bar. I mean, that was uh, the last thing I expected. I was not expecting that to happen. Uh, oh, Jamie Lynn Horth. Don't forget Jamie Lynn Jamie Horth. Horth. Wow. Yeah. That was uh, it was a, a big lot week of debut for, for yeah, really debuting card. fighters. Yeah. Did they go yeah. perfect 5 0? They, I think they did. 4 0? I can't, but yeah. I mean, 4 5 0. That's, that's a big week. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Um, that was UFC Vegas 72. I had no bets on BKFC. Did you? Uh, no, because I couldn't find lines anywhere. Uh, yeah. I, th- I would have bet chalk the whole way down. So I don't know if I'd have parlayed it up, but that, that they all looked pretty obvious to me. Uh, the only one that wasn't was Chad Mendez, Eddie Alvarez. I favored Mendez, but I, you know, 
Only one, the one I'm with you. I couldn't really get it, uh, get it down on a book where I could parlay him. I wanted to parlay Rothwell and Perry, uh, but I didn't get to do that. It would have won, but uh, alas, that was BKFC. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Fun UFC event, 288. Though. It was, it was an event incredibly from fun event. Yeah, I mean, their their best event by far. Shout out to them. Hopefully, there's a uh, a good one in their future because I am very down to watch that. All right, UFC 288, Newark, New Jersey. Top 10 most beautiful city in all of America, they say. Top 5 most beautiful city in all of the world. Uh, you do the math. Shout out to Newark. I mean, that that just tracks with everything I know about Newark. If you've never been, you need to go. Especially to The Rock, a.k.a. the Prudential Center. Great building. That is where they will be. And that is where the main event. Men's- I think the only thing I know about Newark comes from The Sopranos. Yeah, like if I'm actually like breaking uh, breaking it down here, Newark is an absolute dump. Like you go to it and you're just like, wow, Nonsense. this city is hideous. Like it is just, it's it's a gray city. Nonsense. It it sounds lovely. If Shakur um, Stevenson is listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's get into it because we got 14 fights, Connor. 14, 14 fights, and I can't wait to get into it. There are some spots that I uh, that I am certainly a fan of this week. I think I have uh, action on everything except for the opening two. Wow, fights. wow! Take so. that with a grain of salt by what I am saying, though. Uh, and let's get right into it. The bantamweight championship of the world, Aljamain Sterling against the return of Triple C. Almost three years to the day away from the game after retiring, Henry Cejudo makes his return, and right now, Henry Cejudo minus one fifteen. Aljamain Sterling minus 105 over under set at four and a half over minus 160 under plus 130. What are you thinking with this fight, man? I mean, it's it's very similar to what we just saw two months ago with with Jones and gone. Like you you got a fighter coming back from a, a long layoff. Well, what, what, how are we feeling? All right. Let's start with the stat. It's a, I think we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times this year. Uh because it, it, it's a big one. It's a very, very relevant stat. The record for UFC fighters over the age of 35 in welterweight bouts and below, welterweight title fights and below, so welterweight, lightweight, featherweight, bantamweight, flyweight, is 2 and 28. That is I'm a say jarring that statistic. 2 and 28. Those two wins both belong to the same man, Tyron Woodley, his two title defenses when he hit over the age of 35, that those were his, the only wins they are getting from, from this. So what if you went like terrifying stat? What if you went like uh, featherweight down or light? I don't have that number in front of me, man. I'm sure it's it. Well, it it has to be a zero because that's what I'm saying. Woodley's the only winner. So, but that is, uh, I'm sure that there are, it's probably a little bit lower because the higher up you get, the more you can succeed, the older you get. So I would suspect that there are more welterweight title challengers who were hit, hit that age of over 35, Demi and Maya, you know, guys like that who kind of succeeded, whereas that's just not going to be quite the case. Certainly flyweight, very few guys over 35 have ever fought for the belt at flyweight, bantamweight. It's, it is a jarring stat, and I, yeah, I think I mean, the conversation cow. needs to start right there. All right. Well, here's where I'll start the conversation as well. Uh, brain's kind of in a pretzel because 
Cejudo took the three years away. It's also I, very, very I, problematic. I certainly don't think it benefits him. I Everyone's going to be like, well, you know, uh, another guy just came back from three years away and he looked pretty good. You're talking about John Jones, one of the greatest to ever do it. Though, Henry Cejudo. Arguably bad, one of the greatest to say, ever do it. I was going to say, not a bad <laughs> resume himself. Double champ, Olympic gold medal. Dude, uh, dude has been very successful in his career. One thing I will say, just talking about the age, like, Aljamain Sterling is going to have the benefit of being the younger fighter here. Not by a ton, though. He's I not mean, he's, super young. He's not super true. young. But, dude, the guy is in unbelievable shape. Like, he's always in good shape, but, like, he is as good as good gets when it comes to shape. He is going to be massive walking in there. And, like, we're also talking about he's got a three-inch height advantage and a seven inch reach advantage at bantamweight, which is just ridiculous. Like he is going to be the way bigger fighter in there on Saturday. And he's going to be the stronger fighter, whether Cejudo packs more power in his punches, like Aljamain Sterling has been talking about his size and how he's going to use that to his advantage on Saturday. So, I mean, when you're looking just at the metrics, like the age, the size, the strength, it all it's all on Sterling's side. The activity, you know, having just fought recently, it's all on Sterling's side. I'm I'm sensing a butt coming here from you. Is there a butt coming here from you? But Cejudo is like one of the best to ever do it, and he's an absolute beast, and like no one ever takes him down, and that's sort of how Aljamain wins fights, and he's been off for three years, and I have no idea what he's going to look like. So it's just like I'm like having a tough time getting a bet in especially because my dumb ass was on Cyril gone and I got mm. made to look like a fool just two months ago playing the same game of hasn't fought in three years yada 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 this that and the third blah 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 metrics physical all that it's it's a it's this is a tough fight to call it is um here's where I stand I I disagree that Aljamain Sterling is going to be the stronger fighter in there. He's definitely going to be the bigger fighter. He's going to be the longer fighter. Uh, if they lock up into clinch situations, I have zero expectation that Aljamain Sterling is going to push in your pseudo round. Man's an Olympic gold medalist. Um, True. That's True. I, that, that, that's just not how the guy <laughs> That's just a different breed of dude in there. For me, it my sort of breakdown to this fight comes to another piece that you mentioned in there, which is I have no expectation that Aljamain Sterling is going to score takedowns. Now he's very sneaky back taker, even without a takedown, he's able to kind of find his way to backs and transition. So maybe he can pull that off. I'm not confident that if he takes Cejudo's back, he's going to finish him. I think that he might, he will probably just win that round. Um, And it might even be a very dominant round. a la some of the Piotr Jan ones, but I don't know that he can do it repeatedly. That will that is to me his best avenue to victory is, is that because on the feet, which I think is largely where this fight will primarily be contested, it's an interesting matchup. Sterling does have that length. I have a lot of issues with the way Sterling approaches fighting um, as a striker. <laughs> he he's so uncomfortable striking. That is like the the thing I think every time I watch him strike. It's like he, he is just, he never has 
acclimated to it. He knows how to do it in principle because he's trained for a long time, but everything's a little hurried. It's a little rushed. It's always single shots. It's never really in huge combinations. And, and that has gotten him into trouble, certainly got him into trouble against Piotr Jan in their first fight and could have had Piotr Jan not given him a gift with an illegal knee have cha- altered Aljamain Sterling's career irrevocably. I think he's going to be stuck striking with Suhudo for long pieces of it. And I think early he can succeed, but Suhudo is really very, very good at in-cage adjustments and at realizing I can just kind of force the issue. We saw that against Dominic Cruz, who was trying to do that sort of game early, and then Suhudo was just like, YOLO, I got this. Uh, same thing against Marlon Marais. I think Suhudo can have success there. I think it's a really competitive fight in most avenues. I can't feel too confident in Suhudo because of the layoff. Without the layoff, I'd probably pick him confidently here. But what I've done instead is this, Connor. I'm taking a prop bet, and I'm not not getting a big exposure. I'm just going to put a half unit on it, and it's the Cejudo by KO. That that number is at plus 350 because Cejudo, three, he's got three knockouts in a row in his last three fights. I don't think he is going to engage in a grappling-based game, and if he does, I think that that probably benefits Sterling. I think Cejudo is going to just try and be really be quicker than Sterling and, and get the hands going to work. Maybe get a headbutt or two. He's sneaky, loves the headbutt, Connor, uh, and and go for that. So I'm taking a flyer shot, a, a little half unit play on Cejudo by KO at plus three fifty. All right, here's something that I considered in playing this. I don't know why, even though the under is is set fairly highly, I feel like. I feel like there's going to be a finish in this fight. I, I don't know why. I mean, it likely, odds-wise, there there isn't going to be one. Something that I did consider was playing Henry Cejudo by knockout in rounds three, four, or five. That's plus 950 on Fandle. And also playing Aljamain Sterling to win by KO in rounds three, four, or five. That's like plus 2,800. Very low exposure. I'm talking about like maybe point. Three five on the Cejudo and like 0.15 on the Sterling, um, but that is something that that I did consider. I, I don't know why it's it's just like a universe thing. I don't think there's going to be a submission. I I don't think uh, I don't think that Aljamain Sterling is going to be able to submit Cejudo, and then Cejudo has what one win by submission in his entire career. I just yeah. don't see a world where he's submitting Aljo. Definitely don't think Cejudo's submitting Aljo. I don't have any confidence Sterling's going to get a finish late. So my thing is, I, I think this this feels like either Aljamain Sterling is going to win a decision or Henry Cejudo is going to knock him out. And so I even looked at uh, that double double action um, bet on DraftKings. You can do the Sterling wins by decision or Cejudo gets a knockout, but it's not a great price. <laughs> What's it at? Uh, I want to, I'm pulling it back up to confirm, but yeah, Sterling by submission, Cejudo by DQ is minus 110. And I don't really want to be laying that. <laughs> I don't want to be laying negative numbers on a, on that particular bet. So yeah. on like an exact bet. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. love that. I, I, I am going to be parlaying up the over one and a half. Uh, I do think this I, fight. I also have that. Yeah. I, I think this fight goes the long side. No, I don't nine. have that. No, well, nine of Cejudo's 12 uh, have gone over the one and a half. 15 of Aljo's 17, these are obviously in the UFC, have gone over the one and a half. They typically go over the one and a half. I, I would be pretty surprised if we see a, 
a finish in the first seven and a half minutes here. I'll keep that in mind, but I don't, I don't know. I, I like you have general trepidation about this fight. And, and when it was originally announced, I was all in on Zahuda's going to beat the hell out of him. Um, the more I've yeah, thought about it, the more I've watched, I, it, there are a lot of question marks and that two and 28 number just terrifies me. Terrifies me, dude. Yeah, that is, uh, that is, two I mean, that's And it was, well, it was welterweight and it was Tyron Woodley. <laughs> It's like, okay. I mean, Cejudo's a great athlete like Tyron Woodley is, but that is a tough stat. That's It's like almost a stat that you should blindly play against. Like you should just be like throwing I mean, something. Realistically, I'm going to feel like an idiot on Sunday if Sterling just wins and I'm like, he was minus 105 and the, st the stats say that he was 100% to win. Yeah. Why didn't I just <laughs> unload the role? Yeah. I just uh I might be talking myself into Sterling now. I just don't know. Like I'm like I I really am trying to like it just feels like every Saturday night I'm telling myself a good the, the best bet is a winner. The second best bet is no bet at all. Like it's just like do I really need to be exposed there? Like, do I need to take action? And it's just like, if I'm having like to convince to myself, like if I'm really like talking myself into it, then I just don't need to bet it. Like I just need to sit back and enjoy. I mean, that is the absolute correct answer. Unless the bet you're ultimately taking is like plus 400, then you could tell me that I had to talk myself into it. But yes, we're sitting here and I'm talking myself into taking Aldermaid Sterling at minus 105. Here's what I'm going to, I'm just going to be honest with you. If, if Sterling gets to a plus number, I'm going to bet him. And the, and the line moving has tracked towards Cejudo all week. I think that this line movement will go back when they face off and everyone realizes that Sterling is enormous compared to him. But if, if more people can just bet Cejudo in the next hour and we can get Sterling down to a plus number, I think I'm just going to have to bet him just on principle. Two and twenty-eight, Connor. Two and twenty-eight. If I was gonna bet it, I think I would bet on on Aljamain Sterling. All of the like indicators of me placing a bet are on Aljamain Sterling's side, like the age, the size, the activity, the record you just said, two and twenty-eight. But I, I, I really just think I'm best staying away from this fight. That's I just so don't know what's gonna happen. Of you. It's just listen, man. I, I really losing humbles you. Losing humbles you. I am now looking back on 2022 and being like, wow, those were the good old days. Like I was just like, <laughs> I was banging out winners every single week. It felt like it was just like, God. And I miss those days and I'm trying to get back to them by maturing as a better. And I, I really think the, the smart play for me here is to stay away. I respect it. Um, if Sterling gets to a plus number, I'm taking him. That's where I've settled on. Plus just, Plus 100, you'll take it? Or like you're eyeing like plus 120? I need, I need plus 105 because if, I know, plus 100. If it's plus, if I'm getting even money here, I'm taking it. Okay. That's where I, I'm at. I think there's a world where that happens as, as we it's, approach it. I, I, think I mean, the, the line movement has consistently headed towards Cejudo, so. I think a lot of people dislike Aljamain Sterling. I think Cejudo being an Olympic champion, a former double champ. I, I think you're going to get a, a fair amount of public money on on Cejudo as as it as the as the fight approaches. Actually, actually, 
I forgot that DraftKings has um they've got point spreads now. They do have point spreads, and currently Aljamain Sterling his minus, minus five, five and, and a half. half. Damn, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's uh, not so. Hudo plus five and a half, minus two twenty five, minus two twenty five though. But it's not bad. Yeah, um, that doesn't that feel is, that, that doesn't feel like they want people betting that point spread with the vig I mean, with the vig they've put juiced into that number. Yeah, so. I mean that's this this Hudo plus five and a half. Like I feel like he, I feel like he might win two rounds. Yeah, but mine like is two twenty five. I mean, I'm not playing it. Yeah, it's just uh, okay. Uh, I'm just I've I've said my piece. I'm going to take Sterling. I've got a little flyer on Cejudo by KO because plus three fifty feels like a big number for what fight. I think is his most likely opportunity to win. Good fight. Um, we'll see what happens. We, I mean, that's all we can do is see what happens, and let's move on to the co-main. And knock on wood that nothing happens to prevent this fight from happening. Because if they lose it does, this fight, dude, then this is this is a tough, tough card, dude. Like we're this really we're card. really getting into that tough card territory. Like, uh, yeah, let's let's just not even put that out into the air. Let's go to the co-main event though. Welterweight bout five rounds. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. For Bilal, remember the name Muhammad taking on Gilbert Dorino Burns. Right now, you can get Gilbert Burns from minus 125. Bilal coming back plus 105 over under set at four and a half. Over minus 150, under plus 120. Very similar to the main event. Uh, super closely lined fight. Short notice. Bilal is just my kryptonite when it comes to betting, i.e. I just always bet against him and he always wins. Oh, that's uh, tough. Yeah, and I mean, like, I kind of thought for a second, I was like, if you can't beat him, join him. I was like, but then he's going to lose and, like, it's just going to be, like, my villain origin story. Just going to join the, the who, Lando Venatas of the world? Yeah, so uh, what, what are you thinking here? You got a, you got a solid read on this guy? I, uh, well, I hope I have a solid read. So I do have a bet. Um, and I guess I'll start by saying I have a full breakdown of this fight that I did in- independently. And then, uh, you know, break a little news, make a spoiler here for whenever y'all hear this. Uh, I'm going to be on the watch party for this fight. The great Mike Heck reached out to me. 
Like, you want to come to the watch party? I said, of course, never going to miss an opportunity. And I thought, if I'm going on the watch party, yes, I already have a side, a position, a thing that I a, that I feel confident. But if I'm going on the watch party, I got to bring the gimmick with me. And frankly, there was no other fight that I could do a chat GPT bet for this week because I felt pretty good about everything. And there's not a lot of closely aligned fights. So I threw out all my own stuff and I just asked chat GPT. And thank God, Connor, chat GPT agreed with me. I didn't, I put in the same inputs as always, nothing different. One, ChatGPT knew that this was a five rounder without me saying it. So, wow. The AI is a little creepy. I was going to say, it's a little creepy. I'm waiting on pens and needles to hear the result. I don't want to go the whole read because it gives you a full five round breakdown. But uh, here's what I'll say in the fourth round, Muhammad's confidence was sky high. He landed a hard body shot that doubled Burns over, followed it up with a head kick that stunned him. He smelled blood and went for the finish landing a barrage of punches that left Burns dazed and bloody, but couldn't get it done. And the fifth and final round was all about survival for Burns. He was battered and bruised, but refused to give up. Muhammad pressed the action. Burns showed off his heart and toughness hanging into the final bell. In the end, the judges award the victory to Bilal Muhammad by unanimous decision. I will be betting Bilal Muhammad at plus 110. I will also be taking a little half-unit shot on Bilal by UD at plus uh, 240. And frankly, Connor, totally this actually totally lined up with my kind of read on this fight. So uh, I think I think Bilal Muhammad is the more well-rounded fighter. Yes, I do think Gilbert Burns is a better grappler. Bilal is an exceptionally good defensive wrestler, as we've seen. I think Burns can have a little bit of success early with he's probably a little bit faster. He's got a little bit more power in the punches, but Bilal is super tough. And I'm going to be honest, I did not like what I saw from Gilbert Burns against Hori Masvidal. I thought Gilbert Burns was getting looked slower, looked older. He's 36, about to be 37. You just heard the stat about being old. It's bad for you in this sport and in these weight classes. I think he's slowing down, and I think Bilal is just going to work at a higher pace. He's going to survive any early efforts from Burns and then just kind of do Bilal Muhammad things for the next four and a half minutes or four and a half rounds. All right. So there are quite a few people that I respect their opinions on fights that are on Bilal Muhammad. Quite a few. A lot. Okay. Do I just remember the name here? Like, do I just remember the name and, and ride Team Bilal? I will, I'll say this, because here's, here's the one thing that at least gave me a touch of pause, because otherwise I'd feel very, very confident. Bilal Muhammad ha, has not lost in forever. He's been finished one time. The one guy who finished him, Vicente Luque, teammate of Gilbert Burns. So maybe they've just got a real good read on this dude. I mean, it, that was like eight years ago or something stupid, so... Certainly, Bilal's gotten better, but to me, this well, Bilal feels... Also, Bilal also beat him more recently in, what, April of 2022? Yeah, yeah it's very true. But, you know, Gilbert Burns is uh, theoretically better than, than Vicente Luque was. Luque dropping off a little bit. But in my head, this feels... I feel very confident in this. I felt confident before ChatGPT backed me up. Um, certainly at underdog price, I really thought Bilal, if Bilal was the favorite and I was laying juice on him, I'd be a little bit more paused, but you're getting him at, at a dog odds. Uh, I think that there's value there. 
All right, there's there's still a book or two out there that's got that's got plus one ten. You said what was the other bet you took uh, by UD by unanimous decision? unanimous decision for plus two forty, which seemed a bit um, high, but you know, I, I'll take it because I mean DraftKings has Bilal by decision at plus two hundred, so it's it's not far off that. Um, it would be a bit odd for him to win a splitty here, but not impossible. All right, well, what I did do, I took the main event and I went with the co-main event and I, I definitely did the over one and a half. Um, I mean, if you I don't... I do have the over one and a half on this one. Yeah, if you don't count the Leon Edwards fight, Bilal has gone over one and a half in, in 15 of his 16 UFC fights. And then Gilbert, nine of his last 11 have gone over the one and a half. Yeah. I feel I'd... like they wanted this five rounds for a reason. Man. The thing, I also think the five rounds just favors Bilal heavily. I've never bet on Bilal Muhammad before. I guess it's, I'm about to. It's I I recommend it, but you gotta you gotta take I guess your we'll, own turn. We'll, if we'll, we're we'll, having to talk we'll, you into it, Connor, then maybe you don't do it. Maybe you stick I know, to your but, guns. But man, I can't bet Gilbert Burns. I can't bet against Bilal again because if he wins, it's yeah, like I, agree I just that. can't do that. I can't bet on Gilbert Burns. I'm the thing that I go back to ChatGPT says it, you say it, and I'm quite a few people that I respect are also on below. I think I might do it. I think I might do it. We are we're Remember going the on an emotional journey. We'll watch it together. Which will we'll, be oh grand that makes fun. it even better then too. Make we're it, all watching it together. We're I can all throw a unit down thing. on below. All right, I think I, I'm gonna do it. I love it. I love it. Plus, I'll take it plus GPT, 110. three and two this year. Plus, we're in the green. Let's go. Let's go. Um, yeah, I, I think I'll do it. I think I'll do it. A little unit, just one unit. I'm sure I'll uh, learn to regret it no matter how the fights go. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that's that. That's the co-main event. All right. A lot of meat to chew through on those top two. Tough fights to predict, in my opinion. Tough fights to predict. Uh, let's move to very, the... Very tough fights. Let's move to the third fight on the main card. It is a strawweight bout. Jessica Andrade taking on Yan Jiao Nan. Right now, you can have Jessica Andrade from minus 200. Jiao Nan coming back at plus 170. Um, I am going to take a shot on the underdog here in Yan Jiao Nan. Oh my God, this is so fantastic because I... I didn't. I had no idea this would happen. I, I had one question for you, um, and it was <laughs> explain this to me because I do not understand why Jessica Andrade is only this big of a favorite. <sighs> and the last few times I've said that, I've been an idiot. And so in my head, I said, I don't understand what's going on here. And then I, my next thought was, last like five times you've said that, you were just wrong. So I must be missing something. Because I do not get why Jessica Andrade is this small of a favorite over Yan Uh All right. Well, one thing I have to say is I haven't played it yet. I'm going to wait because I think a lot of the number is going to keep moving towards Andrade for sure. I think I think it's going to get bigger and bigger for Jessica Andrade. Uh, two. Is there any chance that you underrate Yan Jaonan? I don't think so. She's not very good. <laughs> Like she's fine. I, I, I think she's there, you're her. Didn't she's you play fine. Mackenzie Dern at like minus two twenty against her back in October? Uh, probably. I mean, see, that's more that Mackenzie Dern is bad. <laughs> all right, Mackenzie Dern. Actually, like I went back and watched the tape. Like this whole like she's just like this vicious, just like ends anybody once they get to the mat. 
No, a, she doesn't do that. That's why. False. If she ever punched people when she took... <laughs> she had Jan boned if she would have tried to hurt her. She yeah. just kept trying to tap her and couldn't do it. Um, Yeah, so I mean, here's the thing. I think Yan Jan got exposed on the ground by Carla Esparza. I think that's pretty clear. And I think she made improving that a focal point of her game. Um, And I think with the way Andrade fights... I don't, I don't know how much she's going to force the grappling. And if this is a standing affair, Yan Zhaonan is absolutely live. I think she is 1,000% live in this. I mean, she hung with the striking of Marina Rodriguez. Some even believe that she won that fight. I could see this fight. I think it's going to be incredibly close. That's, that is basically what I'm getting at. I could see this being like Andrade's second fight against Rose. Super close, super competitive. You can kind of judge it either way. And in that instance, I could see us getting Angel Nan at plus 200 by the time this fight rolls around. I think that you can get her at plus 200 by the time the fight rolls around. I will not be joining you. I'm already on Andrade. I, in fact, doubled my bet. I took, put two units down on her because I got her at minus 175 and was just like, I don't get it. Don't understand. <laughs> I, Jessica Andrade, here's the, here's the list of strawweight people who have beaten Jessica Andrade. Yoani and Jacek. Uh, ages ago, Wiley Zhang and Rose Namajunas kind of did it one time, even though I thought that that fight should have been a draw. And she had a dominant win over Rose. Like, I don't think Jan is in that category. I don't think Jan can match the physicality of Andrade. I, if, if Andrade can get takedowns, I think that Jan is in a world of trouble. And I do think she can. And even if she can't, I, Look at just, I just have watched Jessica Andrade fight a bunch. And unless you are a hyper physical athletic woman and one of the four best women in the world, you're in for a long day, man. <laughs> like that's Amanda Limos is damn good. And Andrade just treated her like nothing. Like Lauren Murphy is damn good. And Andrade lit her up. Like Lauren I, Murphy is not that good. Lauren Murphy's been a top 10 flyweight for 10 years. She's I mean, come a good on. Fighter. She's, she's a pretty good fighter. Yeah, which is exactly what Jan Jonan is. Like, pretty good fighter. I, <laughs> I, I, I mean, they're, di- they're obviously more. different weight classes. They couldn't ever match up, but like, I would favor Jan Jonan over, over Lauren Murphy. I mean, the way you're talking right now, you're saying Jessica Andrade is a lock. I that's I don't understand why she's minus one seventy five. And again, I prefaced all of this by saying, yeah, no, like, like the last five times I've said this, I've been wrong. But in my head, I just don't see it. I can't yeah. connect it. I mean, she also did just get run through by by Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah, Aaron Blanchfield's the truth. I mean, Aaron Blanchfield is great, no doubt about it. But like, she did run through Jessica Andrade. Yeah, up a weight class, and she's much better fighter than Jan Jonat. Up a weight class from Yan Jaonan, but like she also fights at flyweight. Yeah. No, yeah, I that I know. I'm not saying like what I'm saying. That is not that instructive of this. I don't know, man. Fight. I think there's a world where they strike for 15 minutes, and it is much closer than you are thinking it's going to be. You could totally be right. His, history has proven that I know nothing, but yeah. I can't turn my brain off. I mean, from I, just that's thinking the that problem. Though I, done. I also know nothing. We're all we're just idiots, just hanging around. Yeah, talking fights. bets, you know, <laughs> seeing, seeing what losers we can come up with. I mean, that's pretty much it. I've been doing a great job of losers this year, let me tell you.
Uh, let me tell you. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm gonna wait it out, see what I can get Yanjan in at, and uh, yeah, I'm. I'm I think I'm you hoping get her I can two. get her. I'm hoping I can get her at plus two hundred. I mean, what kind of movement are we looking at here? So I, when I'm I not gonna lie, dude, I'm not gonna lie. This this exact conversation is very reminiscent of the Yanjan and Mackenzie Dern conversation we had. Could yeah, and I felt good about that bet for two rounds, and then the last two rounds I didn't feel good when Mackenzie Dern. All right, so right now good. there's a book where I can get her for plus one eighty five. I think you just hold off because oh, I no, took I'm Andrade, keep holding. Oh yeah, I took Andrade this morning at minus one seventy five. She is already minus 200 from, from that same book. The The number is continuing to move. And I, I believe that the closer this gets to fight week, more money will... There will be more more squares like me being like, Jessica Andrade's going to kill her. And they're just going to put her in parlays. <laughs> Listen, she could kill her, keep dude. Coming up. Playing devil's advocate to my point of, I think this is going to be closer than some people are believing. There is a world where she gets the takedowns and just like Carla Esparza's her. Just like pounds her out on the ground and like makes it look easy. There, There is a world where that happens. Man, now I wish I was joining the, uh, <laughs> joining the watch party for this one. Our opposing action. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That'd be fine. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same side for Bilal. I, I don't want someone to You've brag to me. remember that about, name. Like, yeah, I don't want someone to brag to me about like taking a fighter that like could be like minus 250 by the time the fight goes off. I mean... Would I ever brag about taking the minus? Five? Yes, I could see that happening. I could see it happening. If we were if we I'd were on the watch party that. live and we were going head to head, I could see it happening. Either no, way, because I don't ever relish in people's losses. Uh, all right, that's true. That's true. That's actually a good betting habit to uh, to hold. Um, it's really important because man, a lot of people really don't uphold that and that's oh just my cool. god dude when i lose my twitter mentions my instagram dms my instagram <sighs> comments that's just like yes i am aware that i placed some losing wagers this week did you know thank you thank you for reminding me in the <laughs> most dickhead way possible just like holy l crying emoji crying emoji like you fucking loser i'm like what an idiot <laughs> I'm just like, yep, I know. And like, dude, when we do the parlay pals, like just the second the pick loses, bam, 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 this bam. Just like losers, up. rip up that ticket. Losers, losers, rip it up, rip up the ticket. I'm just like, yep. So much positivity is. out in the No, game. no. The You want me to be totally honest with you, Jed? I enjoyed betting way more when I did it to myself. Like I just bet. And when I won, yeah. I was just like, let me go ahead and pat myself on the back, enjoy these winnings. And when I lost, I was like, well, that sucks. And, and, and that was it. That was the end of it. I didn't have to get on social media and just get lambasted for my losses. I'm just like, yeah, sick. sick. You know, Connie, you know what else sucks? Our What's next that? fight. Let's get into it. Uh, I don't, it I don't is, want to. I'm sad. It is no longer Mozart Evelev versus Bryce Mitchell. It is now Mozart Evloev versus debuting Diego Lopez. Was once on the Contender Series. No odds for this one yet, but I'm going to assume that Mozart is going to be a monster favorite. Um, uh, at least minus seven would be my guess, if not bigger. If he's a minus 700, I'll throw him in with uh, so the two over one. Him? I'll throw him in with the two over one and a half and call it a day because I did go back and watch some take on, tape on Diego Lopez. Good for you. Uh yeah, like he's he, dude. He's pretty good at grappling. Like he's a game fighter. Uh, 
I mean, he had a super deep guillotine in on Joe Anderson Brito when they were fought on the contender series. Uh, got a good armbar attempt. Obviously, neither of them were successful. He lost the first two rounds. It was a technical decision. He got poked in the eye. And in the 10 minutes they fought, um, he got controlled for like eight of those minutes. Like, I just don't see... He got taken down three times. Uh, Brito landed three of four takedowns and he got controlled for 80% of the fight. I just don't see how Mosar Evloev is not able to find success here. I mean, like, it's props to him for taking this fight, but like, this is Mosar Evloev is not the fight you want as a debuting fighter, and you lost on the contender series. Like, it's just like, and, and because the way you lost was because of a wrestling weakness against Joe Anderson Brito, and now you get. Russian wrestler Movsar Evloev, who has 20 takedowns in his last three fights and is 16 and 0. I just a lot to ask. This is a lot to ask here for Diego Lopez. If he if he pulls this off, it would be unbelievable. I would be like otherworldly impressed if he pulls this off. It would be honestly, I'm I'm not rooting for it just because. I have um, a fair amount of stake in the Movsar Vloyev is uh, the next truth um, particular campaign, but it would be very, very cool because I, I currently have a Vloyev ranked very, very highly. Um, I think this, I assume that he's fighting for a belt one of these days. I, I liked his chances against Bryce Mitchell, though I will say I was very, very interested in that fight. I had a lot of action on him, um, but. Mitchell's kind of wily grapp- grappling. You know, Nick Lintz put Avloyev in, in trouble a couple of times w- with guillotines. Maybe something fun could have happened. Instead, we get this. I I have not. I, I saw that this happened I, genuinely five minutes before we record. So I have no idea on Lopez. Maybe I'll parlay Avloyev depending on the number and if I get a chance to watch some, some Lopez tape. But I'm mostly the, just sad. The biggest bummer here is like, you can't even like I really don't I don't have any like enticing props. Like it's not like oh Mosar is gonna finish him for sure. Like he's not just, a finisher. He could just ride out a 15 minute decision for I mean, sure. I don't I don't think he all has six any of his UFC yeah. wins are because I, I was super big on that as part of a parlay thing. This was like five like they oh, I, lo- I Mitchell love that. Mitchell's been finished once. Evloyev only decisions is like yeah, I'm going big, but oh no. man, I was that was the it was the main event, the co-main, and then Movsar Bryce over one and a half. Loved it. I loved it. It was one of my favorite bets on the card. Unfortunately, we don't get that, and I don't really know what to do with this. If Mosar is at a playable parlay price, like if he's like minus fourteen hundred, I'm not touching it because Lopez is game. But if he's like minus six fifty, absolutely, absolutely parlaying him up. Yeah, I will see. I, I went back uh, while we were talking and looked at I, of the biggest of, of Loya's been uh, as a favorite in the UFC I, was his uh, debut against Sung Woo Choi, um, like around a minus 450. Um, I mean, he was also minus 400 against Dan Ige. But so I, I think we're at least looking at a minus 700 number for him here, maybe bigger. Yeah, I, I'm going to assume that. Uh, but we'll see when it opens. I'm guessing we'll get one later this afternoon. Uh, love when fights get canceled. It's just... Isn't it just the best? It's the best. All right, let's finish out this main card. Featherweight bout. We got another one. The return of Crone Gracie to Newark, New Jersey. He is taking on Charles Air Jordan. 
How many Jordan round threes are we going to get this week? Right now, Jordan minus 180, Gracie plus 155. Mythical fighter. Under two and a half minus 190, over plus 155. Similar to the main event, um, Crone Gracie having a three and a half year layoff kind of just makes this fight null and void for me. I just, I don't really have any interest in in playing anything. Like, I just don't know what Crone Gracie is going to look like. If I was going to play anything, I think I would probably play Gracie by submission just because that is a a fairly clear path for him to get a victory. Charles Jordan has like 48% takedown defense. Gracie is unbelievable once it hits the mat, but I just have no idea what's going to happen in this fight. So right now I have nothing probably going to end up with nothing. I think you're a smart man. Um, I'm not a smart man as Forrest Gump once famously said, uh, I, looked at this and was like, I'm not afraid of a three-year layoff because yes. look, Charles yes. Jordan does not have great takedown defense. Every eight Tell me about his, it. Eight of his 10 UFC opponents have landed at least one takedown on Jordan, including uh, including every one of his past six opponents. Cron Gracie just needs one. It's like you said, he's a phenomenal takedown artist. Uh, or not takedown artist, a phenomenal grappler. If he gets you down, it's going to be a problem. And Jordan has some difficulty there. Uh, yes, the layoff is concerning, but uh, I am choosing to back Ice Cream Cron. Uh, I'm not taking him by submission just because, well, one, I don't have that available to me at the moment, but it looks like by submission is plus going to come out at like plus 200, um, whereas you can just get Cron at plus 150, um, some books even up to plus 165. So you're not getting... Uh, I, I'll just take a little less of, of, a, of a bump in that just to have the full array of Cron Gracie victory pass available to me. Um, I know this flies in the face of I mean, third is, round Jordan. Is, is there any way that he wins by not submission or all five of his wins by submission? Um, I have to look that up. I assume that that's true, but maybe he's got a decision in there. I'm not going to lie. He's got a shirt for this, for this fight. It's pretty sick. Pretty sick. I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, I could, I could buy it. Let me see it. Let me look this up. Ice cream cron, baby. I mean, ice cream cron is a very, very good name. I was going to say it's a pretty sick nickname, especially because uh, the nickname ice cream cron was coined due to his calm demeanor when fighting. I'm kind of getting I'm cool, cool like I'm, an ice. That's yeah, cool. I'm kind of, kind of getting talked into some cron by sub here. Hey, <laughs> right, uh, look, I. Don't. Join the team if you're feeling like it. Uh, but yeah, I I just kind of started. I took a lot of bets that maybe I wouldn't have, but I was just kind of feeling good, feeling feeling like I want to get some action down. And I think Cron Gracie as an underdog feels okay. Cron Gracie by submission uh, needs to yeah it needs to become available at more books um, before I can play it. Uh, but yeah, I, I actually don't mind that ice cream Cron or he goes out there and uh, you know. Kind of gets made to look silly. I mean, I guess that could happen, but that's fine if it does. I won't be that upset if I lose this bet just because I don't have a major amount of confidence in it. I'm just playing it. You know? What is uh what is Gracie submission round one? Wow. It was plus. like plus two forty or something. Yeah, it's only plus four hundred. That's that's oh, uh, it's plus four hundred. That's still better than I thought. It's not 
a big number, mind you, but it is better than I thought. That Our, might be the best play. That I might wait for that to come out in more books. I, I actually don't hate that. Plus 400 is okay. I mean, what are all his wins by? First round First submission. Round sub. <laughs> uh, he, he does have one second round submission. He's got a couple of second round submissions. I mean, one in Ryzen that was uh, a 10-minute first round. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I can talk myself into this. Ice Cream Cron, shout out. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving on what should be on the main card. Banger of a lightweight bout. It may Banger. now be. I think it's I'm not be. confident that they're going to stick Evloyev. I think that there it would be reasonable to bump Avloyev down to the prelim main to maybe try and give him that boost and uh, elevate Drew Dober. Yeah, I mean, make the 16-0 Russian in what is likely going to be a dominant performance. Uh, I, I like that because this is going to be a, a firecracker. I mean, so make the, this... the problem, though, is if you put Dober for Vola as the prelim main event, you know you're getting it. You know you're getting oh, yeah. fireworks. A- absolutely. Um, I don't have anything here. But like this, I mean, this is just a fight that I'm I'm just going to thoroughly enjoy because it feels like every single time Matt Frivola fights, we're like, is Matt Frivola going to wrestle? And every single time he does not. And I just don't imagine he is going to wrestle here, whether he's in the free, featured prelim, whether he's on the main card. I think he's going to come in here and he's going to bang Drew Dober. Legendary. Legendary granite chin. I mean, that chin could stop a... 18 wheeler if it had to i mean it's just it's it's a thing of the that was hand sculpted by the fighting gods it, it really is something and i and i think they're just gonna stand swang bang and that's how this one's gonna go i couldn't agree more first have you uh taken the time before I just want to get us off topic immediately. Have you taken Please. the time to look at Matt Frivola's topology photo? If you haven't, dear listeners, if you haven't either, pull her up and just take a look because what a hero this man is. Oh, Frivola? Yeah. Frivola is the man. Frivola's topology photo is incredible. All time. It's all time, dude. I mean, the, the coat with the fur. So it's also just like in <laughs> the his The Indiana house, Jones dude. hat with the bomber jacket is unbelievable. Like, it's just in his house also. Yeah, in his house, shirtless. I think that's fight shorts he's wearing. Like, this is just an unbelievable photo. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, it's, it's uh, fantastic. So I wanted to make sure uh, I mean, got, that's got that out. <laughs> that's one of the biggest reasons I'm not betting on uh, Drew Dober is because Frivol is the man. Hey, and I, I can... Appreciate that. I am betting on Drew Dober. I've uh, put him in a parlay. I considered uh, Dober by KO just because th- his last six wins have all come by knockout. Two of Frivola's career, uh, three career losses have come by knockout. Um, but the, the by KO number is not that different. Um, you're only getting a few points uh, for for the for the gap for Dober by KO. So I'm just gonna again. Stick to it. I, I agree. I think this is largely going to be contested on the feet. I do think Frivola will shoot a couple of takedowns, but um, historically he hasn't ever gotten that much control time from takedowns, uh, and he's not that successful of a wrestler. Drew Dober, not a great defensive wrestler, but I think he's good enough to mostly stop Frivola from succeeding too much that way. And on the feet, I like that. I, I like his chin. I like his boxing combinations a lot better. Uh, I'm just a huge fan of of who Drew Dober has become as a fighter of late. I mean, 
you, you look at what he did to Bobby Green, who I have a ton of respect for, Rafael Alves, Terrence McKinney, and that unbelievable <laughs> three minutes of chaos. And, you know, I, I just really like where he's at. I think he is ascending. Uh, I think this is going to be a really, really fun fight, but I like Drew Dober, so I'd use him as a parlay piece. Yeah, I mean, like, if I'm really breaking down the fight, it feels like they're just going to stand, swang, bang, Dober's chin is going to hold up, and I don't know if Frivolas is. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the actual simple read I have is could, could you they're imagine gonna if, if Frivola cracks Dober's chin? I mean, it would be surprising, but not shocking. You know, like a, not something I expect, but uh, Drew Dober takes shots. Eventually, that you can't do that forever, but I'm not sure Frivola's going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough ask, but... Always a fan of both these guys. This is a uh, may the best man win fight. Yeah. Like really like both of these guys. Cool with either of them winning. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is again, guaranteed to be fireworks. Oh yeah. I I think so too. I think it's, I think it is going to be a fantastic fight. Uh, Any chance it goes to a decision. Do you think? I, I I mean, if Frivola wrestles some, then yeah. Um, if he can score some takedowns, maybe take up some time of this fight on the ground, uh, limit just if, if it's fifth, I don't think they're going to spend 15 minutes chucking hands at each other. Uh, but if Favolo does get any wrestling going, then maybe we can make it to decision, but it'll be a fun decision. It won't be a boring one for sure. All right, let's keep it rolling on to the next fight on the prelims. It's a light heavyweight bout. Devin Clark taking on Kennedy in Zichukwu. Uh, and right now you can have Kennedy for minus 190. Devin Clark coming back plus 160 over under set at two and a half. Pretty much even odds on that. Um, this is a fight I don't have anything on, but we just saw the importance of uh, height and reach advantage if you use them well in a fight in that Josh Quinlan and Trey Waters fight. I mean, he beat him to a pulp just by staying at range. And Kennedy is going to have a five-inch height advantage, eight-inch Reach advantage. I think even if Devin Clark gets him down, Kennedy's going to be able to get back up. He also has an 80% takedown defense to begin with. I don't have anything, but like I'm kind of tempted on Kennedy inside the distance. I mean, five of his seven in the UFC are by knockout. His last four are by knockout. Devin Clark really has no finishing upside. One of his eight wins in the UFC are by finish. And then on the flip side of that, man, six of his seven losses he has been finished in. I mean, look at you just just speaking my language. Because I mean, I saw the golf clap. You said you were tempted. Uh, the bet I have on this fight is Kennedy inside the distance at plus one thirty. So, f- frankly, all the reasons you said, I have I have very little to add. I mean, like Clark's going to try and wrestle, but I think Kennedy is one just enormous. I'm drinking the Kool Aid um, from Kennedy and in- Zuchukwu. The, the way he has looked the last couple of times out against Ian Kutalaba, who's got got takedowns on him, Carl Roberson, um, he, I think he is finally starting to match his physical traits to his ability, uh, and that that is a very dangerous thing, and Devin Clark's a fine fighter. But if Dev, Devin Clark, man, um, really, really enjoys uh, losing uh, by finish. So six of his seven <laughs> losses, he's been finished in them. Uh, I think that that's what's going to happen here. So I, I don't really love Kennedy at a minus 190 price, just straight. That seems a bit high. 
Uh, but the inside the distance, getting it at plus 130 felt like a, a better value. So that's the play. All right. I might add that. I might add that myself. I'm, you know, it's looking like I'm going to take a peep at, at Kron, at Bilal, and at Kennedy uh, to maybe get it done there. So, uh, you know, a couple bets added throughout this No Bets Barred podcast. Let's keep it rolling. Two-way welterweight bout. Chaos Williams taking on Rolando Bedoya. Right now you can have Chaos for minus 305. Bedoya coming back at plus 255 over under set at one and a half. Pretty much minus 110s each way on that one. So Bedoya is 14 and one, but like going back and watching his, his regional tape, he's bad. <laughs> I mean, he gets hit, dude. He gets hit. He gets so wins, but he, much. He gets hit, man. And he got wobbled quite a few times on the regional scene. And, uh, you know, who doesn't wobble people. Chaos, Chaos Williams. Williams. He puts you to sleep lights sure out. Does. Like he has, he has, as they say, fight, ending power this is who you get in your debut a, a guy that gets hit a decent amount and you get a your debut against an experienced chaos williams i just i just firmly believe that this is a a matter of time before bedoya gets caught in this one i've got williams by ko minus 135 and i have williams in a parlay that bleeds over to next week chaos williams and my guy jelton almeida Oh my God. Uh, we've got the same read. Um, I, when I looked at this fight on paper, I was like, okay, 14 and one big underdog. Maybe it's something to cook here. And then just briefly pulled up his topology and was like, okay, Bedoya didn't beat a bunch of total cans, like some decent records on the guys that Bedoya fought. And then I pulled up the tape and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, Never mind. Totally seeing where this price tag is coming from at this point because, uh, one, Chaos Williams is going to uh, dominate the the visual bout. If if this bout was one on the scale, <laughs> let me tell you, Chaos Williams guy looks good coming off the bus. Looks good coming off the bus, and unless Rolando Bedoya has improved uh, dramatically over the past year, which I mean, I guess he could. Uh, if he hadn't been hitting the gym, then I don't I don't like his chances of winning that particular contest, and I don't like his chance to win the fight. He gets hit way too much. His cardio also questionable in part because he gets hit a lot. But you see him start to flag down as the as the fights carry on. The fact that he continues to find wins, credit to him. But I, I'm with you, man. I just think Chaos Williams is going to light him up. And let me also add in one other piece of trivia that I found out while I was researching this. Connor, Chaos Williams has never, never lost to someone shorter than six feet tall. The man hates short kings. Uh, what tall is Rolando Bedoya? Rolando Bedoya, uh, he's not six feet tall, Connor. He's 5'11". So wow. that's the cutoff. Five of Chaos Williams, five of the, uh, I think, seven, five of seven sub-six-foot opponents that Chaos Williams has fought, finished him in the first round. Wow. He, he doesn't like the short kings. Can't like stand him. So uh, I think Rolando Bedoy is in, in trouble. Uh, I have him as a parlay piece. I'm waiting for a Chaos Williams by first-round KO prop. Uh, when that comes out, I'll, I'll see what that looks like, but probably going to jump on that for funsies too. All right. We are in total alignment there. Let's keep it rolling. Straw weight bounce. Oh my God. Chaos Williams by first round KO. 
I'm seeing plus 215. <laughs> Not a good value. I mean, you are calling the exact, exact on that one, and you're only getting a plus 215. That's crazy. Jeez. Uh, all right, let's move to the next fight. Strawway Balmarino Rodriguez taking on Virna Genjiroba. Right now, you can have Marina for minus 140, Virna plus 120. What are you thinking, Jed? Tell me. So I've I've made a lot of bad choices on this card. Not individually, but holistically. Because looking at my card, I'm playing so many props this week, bud. And there's just no way I'm going to succeed. I'm taking Marino Rodriguez by decision because you should, one, just never... If you're going to bet Marino Rodriguez, just better by decision. The by decision number is plus 140. She's minus 140 right now, straight up. Uh, six or five of her six wins in the UFC have come by decision. Verna Jandrova has never been finished. I I don't feel massively confident here because Rodriguez looked so 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 bad uh, in her last fight. I it was jarring how unprepared she looked for Amanda Limos. I don't think Verna Jandrova is as good an athlete as dangerous of a, dangerous of a striker or frankly, as dangerous of a submission threat, even though she is very good on the ground. Uh, I think Rodriguez is is just a little bit better on the feet, uh, can throw in more combination, uh, a little crisper. She's got the length. I think she can use all of that and just sort of outpoint Verna Janjirova. But uh, I would not take Marina Rodriguez at, at straight play. Um, I, I think the the by decision value is is good enough to take a gamble on. I took Marina Rodriguez by straight play. I took her when she was oh. minus 125. I pulled a jet. I was like, man, this is a surprising line to me. I mean, I'm with you. She looked terrible against Amanda Lemos. I am going to expect that she is going to bounce back in this situation. Uh, maybe it's because Verna depends on her wrestling and, and Marina has been taken down. Seven straight fights. Her opponent has landed at least one takedown. But also in those fights, she's 4-2-1. and one. It's not like she's just getting dominated. Uh, on the ground. And when this thing is standing, I heavily favor Marina Rodriguez in this fight. I mean, going back and watching the tape, Virna Janjaroba at the aforementioned Mackenzie Dern. Virna Janjaroba got outstruck by by Mackenzie Dern in, in route to a loss. I mean, I I just the line surprised me. I just really think that Marina Rodriguez is going to to win this fight. And I, I would assume the line moved the way that it did because a lot of people are on Virna. But, I mean, Virna had as good of a first round as you can against Amanda Hebas. Got a knockdown, got a takedown, landed 80 strikes, three minutes of control time, and then just got walloped the last two rounds in, in route to a loss. We know that Marina has the certified five-round cardio. We, we've seen her go five rounds twice, winning both fights. Uh, and, yeah, I, I think even if Virna gets a takedown, I don't think it's the end of the fight for for Marina. I don't think she's going to get subbed. She fought off Mackenzie during submission attempts throughout the 25 minutes. Uh, and when it's striking, I think she's going to put it on Virna. Yeah, I I would feel a lot more confident, but for the Limoche fight, it just, I when I went back and rewatched it, because originally I was very confident, and when I went back and rewatched it, I was just like, I don't, she just looked so bad for the whole she fight. Did. I don't know if I don't know if something was wrong with her physically, but it was just jarring. Um, based on everything in my head, she should win. But if she comes out looking that flat, it wouldn't shock me if Virna is able to, you know, 
force a clinch and then hit a spinning trip takedown a la Lemos, and then we're just in a world of danger. So, Oh, no, uh, bro. If she comes out looking like she did against Lemos, she's going to get submitted or yeah. she's just going to get controlled for 15 minutes. Yeah, so let's hope she doesn't do that then. Let's hope she doesn't do that. I think she is... Uh, Oh, I think she's going to be okay. I also have t- I'm taking the over one and a half in this for I, I have the the Muhammad Burns over one and a half. I have the Rodriguez Janjirobo over one and a half, and I was going to have the Evloyev Mitchell over one and a half for a a little non-violence parlay. But now I've just got the two of them. So, all right, what can you do? Let's move on to a heavy weight. About Parker Porter taking on Braxton Smith. Right now you can have Parker Porter for minus 170. Braxton Smith coming back at plus 145. Let's just take a little journey real quick here, Jed. Let's review Braxton Smith's career history. Let's head over to the Tapology page for Braxton Smith because it's just phenomenal. Five and one. Back in 2014. Doesn't get paid by the hour. (laughs) Back in 2014, he makes his professional MMA debut against None other than UFC heavyweight legend Chase Sherman gets finished in the first round. Takes eight years and three months off. Reinvents himself. (laughs) Finds the wheel again of Braxton Smith at the young age of 32 years old. And then he fights five times over the last 10 months leading up to his UFC debut on a pay-per-view card against Parker Porter. During that time, he fights O&O Cody Beck, Ja'Cory Savage, on Peak Fighting 21. Remember that name, Ja'Cory Savage, because uh, it will come up later. He finished Ja'Cory Savage in 49 <laughs> seconds. Edison Lopez currently finds himself at 11 and 8. Knocked him out in two minutes. Cameron Chisholm Brungard currently finds himself at 3 and 5. Knocked him out in a minute 40. That was for, <laughs> that was for the vacant heavyweight championship at Peak Fighting, which is an illustrious promotion. And then... To defend his belt, Ja'Cory Savage fought his way back to another shot at Braxton Smith by knocking out Kyler Fairchild to get his second shot at Braxton Smith, where he got knocked out again inside the first 60 seconds. So the reigning, defending, peak-fighting heavyweight champion now takes on Parker Porter in his UFC debut. You are not kidding. Does not get paid by the hour. That is for damn sure. Because I went back and watched his fights. They go quick, man. He dude, they uh, combined for like less than five minutes. <laughs> he, dude, he he's not great. Like he's not like if you no. want to talk about who is the better mixed martial artist in this fight, it is Parker Porter without a doubt. He is the better mixed martial artist. Now the thing is, this is heavyweight. And Braxton Smith can put your lights out, that is for sure. And he will throw caution to the wind. No clue what this dude looks like off his back. Like, I I have no idea. I went back and watched all of his fights because, like you said, it took me about five minutes. Uh, I mean, this is just a meme fight waiting to happen. I I really think it is. Um, Could Parker Porter get knocked out? Absolutely he could. I mean, we just saw it happen three months ago. But what I think is going to happen is that they're going to swing they're going to throw. Parker Porter is going to go for a takedown. And then I think he finishes Braxton Smith on the ground from there. What I am on is the under one and a half. I know you're going to be on the over. Of course I'm not on the under one and a half. I am on the under one and a half, though. 
Look, I understand everything you said. And when I looked at this, I said, man, uh, it would appear, at least in principle, that Braxton Smith is an enemy of the heavyweight over state. But over one and a half, it's plus 135. I'm getting a plus number. Heavyweight overs are eight and five this year, Connor. We're up two and a half units this Let's year go. on heavyweight overs. Let's go. We're going to keep riding this train because this isn't about Braxton Smith. You're right. This man wins or loses based on his one loss in under two minutes. That's what he does. But that's not what this is about Parker Porter because Parker Porter, that man, that man is a man who loves heavyweight overs. And when it's in his power, he fights for them. And I say that because all three of his wins in the UFC have come by decision. If you go back and look at his regional wins, uh, you have to go back to, I want to make sure I have this all the way correct. You got to go back to uh, 2011 for a regional win of his to have been under the one and a half number. Plenty of finishes in Bellator reality fighting championship, but they came in the second and third rounds. So this man loves over one and a half. And he he's not fighting Jailton Almeida. He's not fighting Justin Taffa. He's not going to get knocked out in the first round. He's going to heavyweight all over this man. And we're going to make this fight's going to last seven minutes and 50 seconds. We are just going to clear the, the, the bar, but heavyweights over heavyweight overs all day, baby. I love it. I love it. I actually don't love it, but uh, I'm just saying that I, I really Braxton Smith's a wild man. I, I can't wait for this. He is very much a wild man. I mean, he's not great, dude. I he, am a huge fan of his career story, though. Yeah, I, I mean, like, dude. Chase Sherman, dub. don't want to do this. <laughs> this is not for me. Well, 10 years later, maybe it is, and I'll fight five times in a year. 10 months, not even a year, dude. It's 10 just, months. All right, well, it's time to get back after it. Let's do it. I love um, it. I hope that there's a good reason, and it's not like a sad reason that he took eight years off, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's let's keep it rolling. Four more fights to get into here. Middleweight bout, Ikram Alaskarov taking on Phil Haas. Right now, you can have Ikram from minus 210. Haas coming back at plus 180. Uh, I don't have anything here. I think Ikram is probably going to win. Um, but I don't know. I don't have a ton of interest at minus 210. Phil Look, Haas isn't I, terrible. Let me, let me tell you. But he does what get you, What you could have interest in. Tell me. Uh, look, Phil Haas isn't terrible. Um, you know, a Juco, uh, a standout Juco wrestler, then moved to Iowa State. Never been taken down in his UFC career. But I have a policy, Connor, and that policy is very simple. Um, always bet on Combat Sambo World Champions because uh, the, the list of Combat Sambo World Champions in MMA it's a good list. Uh, it's a bunch it. of dudes who have not lost a lot and done a whole <laughs> lot of winning. And Ikram Askarov is among those. He twice beat Yaroslav Amosov in the Combat Sambo World Championships. To give you, Yaroslav Amosov, arguably the greatest welterweight on planet Earth right now. Certainly one of the top five best welterweights. This dude can fight. Uh, and you've seen his MMA career. Very, very successful. The lone blemish? It's a little guy named Hamzat Shemaev. So no shame in losing that one. What I've done is I'm backing the Combat Sambo World Champion, and I'm backing him inside the distance because I agree 
The straight number, it's a little pricey. It's a little, it's a minus 210 feels a little a touch high. Inside the distance is plus 110. 10 of Alex Garoff's 13 career wins are by finish. Hawes, all four of his career losses has been stopped. Most likely it would be a submission. Oscarov loves the Kimura, um, but maybe maybe it's a he, he's got a few uh, knockout ground and pound victories, and I, I can't feel all the way confident. So just taking the inside the distance at plus one ten, give me the Combat Sambo World Champion over a good but not great Phil Hawes. All right, nice. Best of luck with that. Uh, love the reasoning. Shout out to Combat World Sambo. And yeah, best of luck. I'll be cheering for you because I have no action. I know you got action on this next one, though. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, wow. This is that that is a very sad and somber. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. It's a men's flyweight fight, man. And it's uh, Zalga's Zumagulov, not the only man making his return from retirement in this card, taking on Rafael Istavam. Right now, Istavam's minus 180, Zumagulov plus 155, over under. Set at two and a half over minus 190, under plus 155. Um, what do we think here? I mean, we got burned last week on one going into it. We were fully expecting to get burned on. We knew that there was a high possibility. We we knew. Um, and while Cody Durden had the back for a decent amount of that fight, it was really never even close to getting finished. I didn't watch a second of that fight, so I will take your word on it. Yeah, I was at a was, wedding. Uh, I was yeah, not just, watching the flyway fight. It was not close. Um, you know, I I think we still take it. One, we are it's a rare opportunity under two and a half at plus one fifty five. You know, we aren't seeing a lot of plus numbers for flyweight unders anymore. I mean, we had plus one eighty five last week. I know, but we're the past <laughs> is for cowards, Connor. You live in the past, you I die in the know. past. That's this weekend. I will also say, Connor, um, and this is it. Uh, if I'm going to be very clear, I am choosing a stat because it it makes me feel better. Not that it's a good one. Cherry picking a stat. Yes, uh, Zalgasumagulov's average fight time in the UFC is 11 <laughs> minutes. Now, some of you might say that sounds good. I mean, that's under. Well, he's. Got a lot of decisions. Uh, four of six in the UFC have gone to the cards. It just so happens that the two finishes were in the first round, so that brings that fight time down. I understand all the all the concerns, but I'm I'm staying the course. I'm riding this one out. I'm trusting flyweight unders, and hopefully they will not steer me wrong this weekend. Not just four of six in the UFC have gone to a decision, but oh, five, so many more. The five prior that. to entering the promotion also yeah. went to a decision. His nine, fight night's career was nine tough. of his last eleven have have gone to a decision. Sure, you could say seven of uh, Istvam's last ten have gone under the two and a half, but the argument there is that was on the regional scene and the contender series, and now he's getting a very tough Zalgas Zumagulov. Yeah, I think. Look, I. Here's, if here's, you're you want a under better, you just got to be... You're cheering for Estevam in this one. Because you, you he's want, the one who's going to deliver the finish. You want a narrative? I love a narrative. Zuma Gulov back from retirement. So angry at the judges. He can't believe these split decisions he's been getting. I'm not leaving it in the judges' hands this time. If I die, I die. I'm Zalga Zuma Gulov. A finish is coming. I hope he brings that sort of energy. Um... 
Yeah, I don't know a if he's going to because he retired in November <laughs> and now he's unretired. Yeah, and he talked about age at these lower weight classes not being great. He's 34 at flyweight, one in five in the UFC. His one win was against Jerome Rivera, uh, who went 0 and 4 in the promotion. Uh, and now he's getting fed Rafael Istavam, who is a beast, 26 years old, age advantage. He's also got a four inch height and four inch reach advantage at flyweight. He's just relentless I'm feeling better with takedowns. I mean, I I I say all that to say that I took Rasta Rafael Istavam uh, minus one sixty. I, I think he does get it done here. I think he's got a lot of advantages in this fight. I don't have any play on this other than the under. I'm feeling better about it. Look, Estevam, just it's going to be a great debut, and that's that's what we're here for. Just a great debut, getting getting in on the flywood under train, and then we've got another guy who's here for the unders. Let's go. Like, do I just put like $10 on it just to say that I have it? I think I really, you got to. You are don't. the founder of Flyweight Under Nation. You got I know, but last week, last week we hurt. got burnt. Like it we hurt. got burnt. We, and we knew, knew we were going to we get burnt. We knew we were going to get burnt. The whole week I was like, that's going to a decision. <laughs> and like, I will say when I was like, yep, a loser, like I tweeted it out to acknowledge it. People were like, you know, we got to keep the rules in mind. Like Mikhaev. Can't really ride that. Charles Johnson, you just know what you're getting into. Cut from the same cloth, Zaga Zumagulov. Yeah, yeah. I was I was about to be like, is he? Because like maybe it's just Charles Johnson, but you know, I mean Manel Cape did finish him. Amir Albazi. Yeah, look, I I understand the trepidation. I am gonna go ahead and stick. I'm gonna keep riding it out, but I understand where you're coming from here. All right, that's the flyweight fight. I'll uh, I'll see what I do with that one. Let's keep it rolling. Middleweight bout. Joseph Holmes taking on Claudio Ribeiro. Right now, you can have Ribeiro for minus 175. Holmes coming back plus 150. I don't have anything here. Parlay piece of fight doesn't go to a decision. Doesn't sound too bad. Both of them have a 100% finish rate. Neither have ever won a decision. Uh, but in terms of a side, I've got nothing. Yeah, no side uh, on this one for me either. I was kind of looking at the doesn't go to a decision thing just because it's like like you said, these guys are finishers or get finished. Um, I don't know if I... I already have a lot of exposure on this card. I'm not sure I need to add more on a fight that I'm not super invested in. That's kind of where I'm at. Um, but maybe, uh, maybe I'll do that because... Maybe I'll add the fight doesn't go to a decision to the third leg of my parlay in lieu of the Evloy of Mitchell over one and a half. I'm still kind of looking for something there that I like, but I'm with you on the general vibes here. All right, brother. Let's get to the last fight of the night. A men's bantamweight bout. Daniel Santos taking on Johnny Munoz Jr., Right now, you can have Santos for minus 190, Munoz plus 160. Uh, Daniel Santos out of shoot box. I learned my lesson on betting against him last time out against John Castaneda. Fight's chaotic as hell. He's going to get hit, but he seems to be all right with that. He's tough as hell. Uh, keeps going through it. He is going to keep the pressure on you the entire time. And a lot of the times it works out for him and he just melts his opponent. I, I think that's what's going to happen here with Johnny Munoz. I think he might have some success early on. I don't think he's going to be able to get the grappling going, which I think is what he's going to try to do here when the pressures of Santos is hitting. Uh, I think Santos gets it done and I think he likes to get it done inside the distance. 
I have done zero research on this particular fight. So it's gonna um, be a great one. I mean these shootbox guys. To default to you. Yeah, I mean the shootbox guys, they bring the action. Yeah. Uh it's, I, I love everything you said. You've sold me. I believe that's what's gonna happen too. Uh, but I have no bet. All right. That's it. UFC two eighty eight. I got one question before we wrap. Please. One very quick question for you. Are you taking anything on Demetrius Johnson? DJ. Yeah, you you gonna take a DJ bet? For sure. Okay, so was I. I just I, I thought we should throw it out there. Um one Win, championship. Lose, I don't care. I will be betting DJ, especially if this it's is only his last minus, fight. It's only minus like one fifty. I don't think it's gonna be the last fight, but it's only minus one fifty. That's it's not that crazy. I mean, he lost the first fight and like he was it was I mean it was competitive. it was competitive. Very competitive. But I mean that uh, finish was I just thought disgusting. I just thought the name value would get get him a little higher. Uh, Especially frankly. after the so, way that he that yeah. he knocked him out. And just one of the best knockouts of the year last year. So minus one fifty, a price I'm willing to pay. Um but uh I'm very excited for that fight as well. One championship, doing big things. Shout out to them. Uh Roberto Soldich. That could be a parlay piece. <sighs> oh, I, I didn't actually look at is there a price out for that? There's no price I out. I love but Roberto Soldich. I mean, they're huge Soldich fan. <laughs> if you're a Soldich fan, they are. Uh, they're setting up, setting them up here, pretty big to get this one done. He is fighting 14 and seven. Sebastian yeah. Kadastam out of uh, out of Sweden. Um, yeah, he's two, he's two and three in his last five. I mean, yeah, I they're trying like... to get. I mean, he's a big acquisition for him. He's coming in off that very unfortunate um, groin, no contest fight stoppage from a low blow. Uh, they, I'm happy to see him finally get here and hopefully get something real cooking. Um, but yeah, I, I he's also probably going to be an enormous price, but I could I could back that. Yeah, it's a pretty good little one card. I mean, it's their first card in the States. I would hope they were bringing in a little they're, bit. We they're got doing some stuff. Sage Northcutt, can't trust them. Yeah. RDR taking on Tyra Tulo in a, in a grappling contest should be fun as hell. Yeah, for sure. I'll be tuned Rod in. Rod Tang, it's going to be Yeah, stuff. Rod Tang. Stamp Fairtex. Boom. Got so much. All uh, right. That's it. We've cooked. We've cooked enough. That is it. That is UFC 288. A little bit of one sprinkled on the end there. And that'll do it next week. Biggest card of the year because Jailton Almeida returns to the octagon in a main event in a top 10 matchup with uh, Jairzinho Rosenstruck. The path to Jailton champ status continues next week. I mean, it's because John's not going to hang around forever. Jailton may just be the guy, maybe the next guy if they keep doing this for him. I mean, I... Love the matchup for him. I, you know what I don't love, Connor? I don't love my chances on a heavyweight over next week. I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I, I really think, uh, I think Jailton is is going to win in the first round. Is that crazy? Uh, is that crazy? No, I don't think say? that's. I don't believe that's crazy at all. I'm just hoping that they somehow set the over at half at half around it. I mean, dude, he played half. with his food last time out uh, against Shamil. It was so helpful for me. I was it a was. huge fan. That was great for you. I w- it was frustrating <laughs> for me to watch. I don't think he does that this time. Main event on ABC. I think Jailton's coming out to put on, uh, put on a show here. I agree. And even if he doesn't, like if, 
if somehow he doesn't win, it's because Jairzinho lands a major strike. Yeah, early. yeah. So there's just <laughs> no way that this. I am praying for an for the over under to be at half of a round. That would be hysterical. That's not going to happen. It's you not, probably get pretty big plus money on the under one and a half. But that's for next week. That's next week's card. Day card. ABC. Love it. Talk to you then. Love y'all. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.